my concept of progress is not based on any type of external flags. I know where I assume that I want to be. And then I get there and it's somewhere else. You will find something which you did not know you had buried there. Yes. Getting that point is like the finest ecstasy I could ever describe. Our roast name for 135, Robo Celibate, right? <laughs> so it's like, you're just going to keep going. You're not going to get distracted by non-celibacy, right? Which represents all the mess. The Big Hormone Enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovich, uh, sexual self president with Bioling 458 Trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self president sexual 9 with 1974 Trifix. What up, it's Emika. I'm an 8 wing 7, sexual self president with 854 Fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self president social 3 wing 4 with a Three, six, nine, if you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. Welcome to Big Hormone Enneagram. Uh, curl up in your pillow fort and, uh, you know, get cozy. Uh, we are doing competency types today. We've already looked at the um, harmonic triads of the positive outlook types, which are seven, nine, and two. And we looked at the reactive types, eight, six, and four. So today we're getting competency. And uh, before we get into it, we wanted to comment on the last episode we did on breath work. Um, some people had some questions about whether or not we were sharing our friend's story with their consent. And yes, we were. Uh, mm -hmm. she, we ran it by her in the episode by her beforehand. And also, uh, you know, that episode was kind of us piecing together what happened after we were tripping so yeah. uh one of the things that i thought that came to me as i re-listened to it that we didn't say because we were sort of piecing it together in live was one really important aspect of that session at the very end she came spontaneously out of her uh i am worthy i deserve to be loved something along those lines and we were in you know and then everybody in the room was able to say you deserve to be loved and it was sort of became this vivifying quality. And it was almost like, uh, you know, taking out the, the dirt and putting in a new kind of mission statement. And so that was like kind of the crown jewel of uh, the session. So anyway, I, that was neglected, but I thought that was important to add. Um, if you haven't listened to that session or that, that episode, go ahead, because it's pretty good. Um, so now with us, to look at competency types, which are types one, three, and five, we have our friend, Jesse Black. Uh, welcome, Jesse. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Do you want to tell people uh, your type or who you are or anything about you or where they want to reach you, where they can reach you if you want them to reach you or not? Oh, geez. Do I want to? Uh, no, but I will. Um, I, what am I? I'm a, I said this earlier and I've got to remember what this is. Uh, I am a social self prez 516 with a 538 Um. If you can find me, that's super. You get a gold star, uh, but I'll leave it at that. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm interested in how this is going to pan out. So thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. Yeah. 
So uh, what we were talking about with the, with the harmonic triads, as they're called, um, which I believe Don Riso first uh, named, uh, these are strategies that we use in conflict or during to, to approach problem. And as we discussed in the other episodes, uh, positive outlook needs a kind of um, almost like a reason to go through what they're going to go through. They need some, some something that's uplifting, something that's transformational, something that is uh, like a, like a re- like some reason to stay in the thick of something instead of shutting down. And especially as people were reflecting on positive outlook after that episode aired, people were often talking about how it's almost like there there needs to be they need some kind of hope in a fairly hopeless world. So it doesn't necessarily mean that those types are all positive all the time. It doesn't mean they're all optimists all the time, but there is a kind of a framing thing to see see something good or worthwhile on the other side. Uh, Reactive types uh, in conflict, they need to know your emotional location. They need to know how you're really reacting to things, even if it's not like how you analyze your feelings. They need to know your feelings where you stand on things, and they do a lot to try to provoke somebody's authentic and genuine reaction and it's like that gives them data to know how to orient to things but at the same time uh it leads to a fairly just an assumption that the negative thing or the worst thing is probably the true thing and so Mm -hmm. they can get kind of amped up on that so now we're getting one three and five and does anybody want to jump into what what makes a competency type competent no Okay. Nope. <laughs> so, well, I I think one of the things we talked about last time was how you know I th- I think we mentioned that positive type is the high side, the positive, the hopeful oh, yeah, that's right. side of things, and then you know uh, reactive types are like the bottom, the shadow, the negative mm-hmm. side of things, and then uh, competency types are neutral. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, all three of the competency types are trying to look at what the parameters of a situation is what the rules are and maybe for like five for example trying to understand how to like neutrally what is Mm -hmm. going on here and how do we get to a objectively uh objective solution or uh, to the problem but they're not reacting looking at it from from you know rose-colored glasses like positive types and or looking at it negatively like reactive types they just want to neutrally figure out what the hell's going on and either come to a solution or just understand it. Yeah. I just was going to reiterate that point that it's kind of attempting a kind of neutrality that's, um, you know, has objectivity as an ideal. Yeah. One of the ways that I've heard distinctions being made between the the competency strategies of one, three, and five, like all three types want to know kind of the rules or parameters or the structures, whether it's social structures or interpersonal structures or, you know, whatever, whatever they're got their attention on, they want to, they want to know the rules and one wants to know the rules and follow the rules or make the rules. Three wants to know the rules and follow the rules when it benefits them, but they're also willing <laughs> and able to bend the rules when it sees fit, when they see, sees they can uh, take it, use that to their advantage. And then five uh, wants to understand the rules and usually go against what those are, try to reform them, re- tinker with them, change them do their own thing, but at least like knowing what is objective and then trying to find their own direction apart from that. And, uh, you know, I think that's like, I always talk about the complementary seeking novelty, like not novelty, but originality that's like complements the four from the heart center. This is in the mental center of fives do. 
that's a that's a pretty interesting way of putting it because like as someone who is within it I don't necessarily think of it that distinctly like the idea that like that I would even be trying to identify rules because the rules I'm the rules don't apply to me it's just so I don't I wouldn't even (laughs) use them as as rules they're just sort of like fence posts and it's like oh that's cool that this person has put up a fence it has nothing to do with me but that's great (laughs) that like that's what they think and that's what applies to them and so I'll just keep walking but you know I think it's like Neo uh, seeing the Matrix, you know, like code at the end of the of whatever, and then wanting to be able to fuck with the bullets or whatever. You know, it's oh, like yeah. I think fives want to see like the structures, and then they can kind of take it or leave it, but usually leave it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Nancy, how does how does it sort of manifest for you? I know it's like coming from a different point, but you were laughing when they when they mentioned the rule thing. <laughs> um. I was laughing because in the narrative training, I was with a group of um, threes and both of them were older than me. They were in their like 40s or something. Um, But one of our realizations towards the end was that none of us feel like rules are made to be Mm -hmm. followed. Um, All of us feel like we can change the rules when we need to. Mm-hmm. but yeah. all of but I do constant I do know that I'm like constantly looking for the rules and I get really frustrated um and a, like that's where a lot of my frustration comes from in my life is when people aren't clear about rules I get really annoyed because mm-hmm. I'm like how am I supposed to know if you don't give me the fucking rules and people would get mad at me for not following the rules and I'm like well I didn't know they were there um so yeah, I spend a lot of my time very frustrated at people for not just being honest. And I that got me into a lot of relationship troubles because I would constantly be asking partners what their rules around like me interacting with other guys were. And so they would think I was cheating on them, but um, I'm not, I'm just looking for parameters. Mm. And so they would, they would like never trust me. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing anything. I just need to know. I just need to know. Just tell me. <laughs> Yeah, I guess because yeah. threes are are really trying to zero in on how performance can be measured. Like, mm-hmm. how do you de- how do you determine how well one's doing in whatever situation? And to do that, you need some kind of parameters or sort of some some way of measuring progress or whatever it is to say, okay, this is good and this is not bad. This is better or worse. Yes, and I. Uh, one of my pet peeves is when people just sort of use made up parameters, uh, like make them up as they go. Like my, my econ professor in this term does that. And I email him at least twice a week going, how did you grade this? Why did you grade it like this? Tell me why, tell me where you put, took the points off and why explain it to me directly. Like, and I know he hates me because of that, but I'm like, you cannot take points off if you don't have a reason, sir. And I I would fucking hate you just to let you know. Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> He's made it very clear that he hates me, but I literally oh, don't care. <laughs> yeah, well, you shouldn't care because who gives about that clown? He's just some guy. Oh, and but he like, also, he he loves Putin just as a side. Uh, like, he's a weirdo. So I, yes. I don't give a fuck what he thinks about me, but he better not grade my paper off of his goddamn emotions. Oh my God, that's a nightmare. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, uh... That's a funny one because like I I somewhat agree with you on that perspective and that like I fucking hate it if people are like shifting. I wouldn't mm-hmm. I don't really perceive them as rules, but it's like if they're shifting 
the, the like context or outline of what has been agreed beforehand, either like verbally or non-verbally. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it shifts. It's like, what are you doing, motherfucker? Like, yeah. you don't get to do that. However, <laughs> I get to do that. So it's like, it's <laughs> hypocritical. Like it's, I recognize it's really hypocritical, but like, yeah, like <laughs> I'm the flip reverse in that, like with my students, at the beginning of the year, I'm like, okay, this is what your assessment criteria is. It's not going to change. This is what you have to work towards. And I was like, you can do anything you want in between these parameters. I don't give a shit. You can fucking do an interpretive dance for your final piece <laughs> instead of a dissertation. I don't care, but just do it right. And that drives people insane. So Nancy, I think if I was your, I mean, the, I don't think you're going to take practice-based research methodologies and digital art anytime soon but no but uh, i think you'd uh i, I think i'd have person some emailing some, me and i'd be yes. like this girl i'd have some choice words for you it's like yeah it's just like fucking figure it out just make something up Convince oh no no me. yeah oh, fuck I it. Hate that's it all about it, it. I hate it when people are like, figure it out. I'm like, I'm oh, going to slit your throat. That, okay, like, that's, that's like my whole thing. Because it's sort of, as soon as someone is like, wants any kind of hand-holding, I was like, I already told you what the parameters are. Just go off and do whatever it is. Some of that's Bermuda. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do, yeah. If And I know a lot, of, a lot of it is a three in Bermuda is very like, I can't stand lack of parameters because I will just swirl in my Bermuda Triangle for the next 48 days and just never get anything done. And so I will is, just spend all my time there. What is that swirl? What is that? Um, <laughs> well, part of the Bermuda is that everything gets lost in it and it's not really definable, but uh, um, I can tell you what I do when I'm swirling. Sure. Um, like so if I'm trying to write a paper and there are parameters but like not specific and this is why by the way I want to go into a a math-based science (laughs) because there are specific parameters all the time um so if someone tells me to write a paper and I have to figure it out I will spend I will write a whole paper do all my research and then completely throw it out and be like nope that's not right that's not what they want and start over and then i'll spend like an hour or multiple days writing just the intro because i'm not sure that that's what they want and then i'll throw that out and then i'll start over and then i'll come choose a completely different topic and do that and then just like at the end say fuck it and just turn it in holy wow. shit yeah like wow that's like, that's so, why you- i need like i need i need math and science yeah. because i can't i can't yeah, I'm, I, I am like, I cannot do math. I love science, but for math, I'm like, fuck that. What, something that strikes me from what you're saying there is like, you, you mentioned the swirl and of course that, that's compelling, but like, like, where's your inner like decision maker? Like, wh- like it's confusing to me when you say that. Cause it's like, how could you, you wrote a whole paper. How could you throw it out? Like you're the authority. Like, oh, I'm not the authority. It's the thing. shit. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, I am trying to play to this. I'm trying to form my entire thought process and my entire paper and my entire opinion off of what I assume this outer is entity, wanting. Yeah, is wanting. And so if that ever outer entity ever changes, then my paper needs to change. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it's stressful. That's- School is not That's, great. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give you a, a contrast for my mm-hmm. school, just in the context of school. Yeah. But before I do that, um, I had a question for you, which was like, 
okay, so like, let's pretend that your parameters are super clear. The rules have been made, you know, crystal is, you know, in whatever way that you need them to be crystal. Like, how do you feel in tackling the same problem? Very confident. And I will, at that point, create my own like opinion and form my own voice that is truly my own, but I have to have those parameters to work within. And I can write you a 12 page paper with a million citations, no issue, and probably do it in under a day and it'd be great, but I I need those parameters. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) But also that seems super fucking stressful. It is. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm nothing like that. Um, Jesus. Okay. Uh, fuck. I don't even know how to contextualize this for you, but, um, so I, I didn't go to high school. Um, I was for whatever various reasons I didn't, uh, I sort of stopped. I stopped like traditional schooling when I was like nine. And then I went to a hippie school till I was like, Oh fuck. I don't know, like 16. (laughs) And then I was, I was sort of by myself from that point onwards. And so it wasn't until so I never graduated and and the hippie school that I went to it was like this fucking batshit libertarian nut house in like rural Massachusetts hence why I speak with an American accent <laughs> and like we did whatever we wanted all day long it was like considered like a democratic learning environment yeah so I was left to my own devices for like eight hours a day between the ages of like I said like nine and uh how old I left there when I was like 16 I just turned 16 yeah. So whatever, that was fine. And, you know, I eventually learned how to read and shit like that. But, um, so by the time I went to university, I was in my twenties, uh, cause I had moved back to Europe. Um, I'd moved back to Europe, like when I was, uh, 17 and, um, I like sort of tried to like, tried to get into some kind of schooling without really doing it. No, I just partied for years. I'm lying. I, I, wasn't, I was like an absolute <laughs> fucking nightmare person. Um, but um, anyway, eventually I was like, oh, I'm like in my twenties. I want to do this, blah, blah, blah. But I don't have a high school degree. There's no fucking way I'm going and doing A levels or anything like that. Like, fuck that. That's bullshit. I'm not going to go and like sit in the sixth form with a bunch of 16 year olds. That sounds oh, disgusting. So, so I ultimately, uh, <laughs> I met the, the sort of head of year for a course that I was interested in and pretty much just said like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to do. Let me in your course. And so I like talked my way into uh, starting this BA um, at a, at an institute in, in, in the UK. And that was great. But like, I've never fucking, I've, ne- I've still never taken an exam ever in my life. Like that's not, it's not something I will ever do unless of course I have to learn how to drive. But like, it was like, okay, well, this is just what I do. And like, that was it. And it was, so I went through university, did all the work wrote an essay for like the first fucking time. And then like, it just was, I was just able with zero. (laughs) There wasn't like anyone telling me what to do. There wasn't anyone like around me. I didn't have like what I would now refer to as a support system, but like in my head, like that wasn't even something that could exist. So I didn't even have language to describe what wasn't there like in my life, but it was like, well, this is, I was like, well, I want to graduate. So this is what I'm going to do. And it's like, I just did it. And I don't really know how to explain like why or anything around that, but like I was able to like get a first and then continue on and do masters and then be wherever I am now, not doing a PhD because academia is bullshit and no one should do it. But um, <laughs> that's my advice for everyone. But yeah, so like the, the point what I'm trying to say is like I, if I was given guidelines by these people who are supposed to be teachers, like the idea of even like acknowledging them as some kind of authority was like so ludicrous to me. They were just like, 
like ridiculous people who were trying to do something. And it was like, well, I can, I can do, I can do whatever I want ultimately. And it did pay off for me, but it's just like the idea that I would even have to like function to like a set of rules, it would have only slowed me down. So it's interesting that like <laughs> what you're saying about like, you know, really wanting very clear um, objectives to be like laid out when you're being set a task, because I only want to know what like the end goal is. I don't want to know anything mm -hmm. else around that. It's just like, oh, okay, this is where we're going. Okay, that's fine. I'm definitely going to veer off in my own direction, but that's cool that that's like the general gist. <laughs> that's you're like, that's so foreign to me. You're, yes. you're like comfortable with that? Like that's where you're Oh, fuck yeah. That's okay. where I'm most comfortable. As soon as a person's like, uh, excuse me, um, I'm going to have to see <laughs> um, a 350-word, uh, you know, introduction for this paper before we can consider it. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not. It's like either you're saying yes or you're saying no. And it's like, so, I'm going to write what I want. So cover letters to CVs are like your favorite thing, I'm sure. <laughs> no, you just set a template. You don't think about it. You just do it and then it's done. It's oh, interesting yeah. that this this came up in the last pod that uh, um, the attachment types in each of the harmonic groups each of them were doing like a, a less individuated, like for example, the positive type, like positive types, like nine was kind of like just coming back to neutral where two and seven were doing positive, a little bit more hardcore and um, four and eight being a lot more sure of their negative reactivity than sixes. So it seems like one and five are, you know, like, more individuated, more separate form of competency, whereas three is very much uh, bouncing off like, more so expectations of you know what are the rules and parameters of success. so very unlike a three though. That's what's so interesting about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I sort of wonder what like the answer for someone who's not you know burdened in the Bermuda Triangle, mm -hmm. like what that kind of approach is. But also, oh, you know, I think we had uh, um, when we did the type three call, one thing that was really surprising to me, we had two Bermudas, Bermuda threes on mm -hmm. the call. But we also had a a, um, a Chad three, three, seven, eight. three yeah. seven, eight and social blind. And I was just blown away Sexy. as to mm -hmm. how Very. much she was also tracking expectation. And um, she was a, a pole dancing teacher or instructor but even on the call she she wasn't really wanting to like just come out and say that like there was still a lot of like uh framing. you know framing it yeah. and i was just like interested in that because this is probably the most not giving a fuck three you can imagine mm. three seven eight with social myself but sexual mm. but there was still kind of an inherent socialness mm -hmm. there um so i still think there'd still be a, a huge amount of maybe with the bermuda three is more so swimming in all the ex expectations and rules but it's still a huge thing for any three, social blind or not. Yeah, it's not particularly fun. <laughs> no. No, it doesn't sound it. It's dreary. <laughs> the other thing I was curious to ask you guys was uh, the thing that came up in the last call with Courtney about um, what each of the harmonic groups are giving up if they let go of their, you know, story. or, or the, So, like, I was, we talked briefly about competency types and um, it just seems the, the least clear because I can really see what positive types and reactive types are holding on to. But it's not really fully clear to me, like, you know, what would you guys be giving up if you didn't have the, the subjective 
sort of pragmatic view on things. Objective, yeah. 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 That's a good question. One way to ask it would be is what would it, what would you be giving up if you were more overtly positive outlook or negative reactive? Oh, um, that's a, thank you. <laughs> the, the negation of it is really uh, helpful. Um, if I was positive outlook, rather, or rather, the way that I I sense that stuff is sort of like it's like being blinded. You have no depth perception. Not not mm-hmm. to you know, not to suggest mm-hmm. everyone that that it's yeah, inherently yeah, yeah. bad. But as a metaphor, um, I would I would be losing I would be losing something very real. Like your grip mm. on reality, almost. Well, I don't really. I mean, <laughs> how do I put it? My my grip on reality is so <laughs> um, loose. Let's say um, that I definitely. I I don't even know how to begin with that. But no, I mean, okay. if, if I was positive, if 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 I was in a position where I was forced only to like look on the bright side, oh. I would I would be like blinded by that light. Um, and I I find it be a position which. Uh, is useful in times, but if if relied on um, too much, you end up sort of snowed in by another layer of delusion. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so that to me is um, it's very mm-hmm. harmful, and it's there's something. Um, it's like you know the lotus eaters or something. It's like oh okay, well there's there's a, a level of like stagnation in a fantasy which is unachievable, but also shallow. What about reactive uh-huh. types? How does how does that age? Oh, so <laughs> reactive types, reactive types, reactive types. Um, I'm um, I come from a family of all reactive types. Uh, let me rephrase that. Mm. My closest sister in age, and both of my parents are are reactive types. Um, uh, uh gross. Um, and so <laughs> logic, <laughs> rationality, um, not being a messy bitch. Uh, I think that's the one that comes through the most. And and like, <laughs> I understand, I understand <laughs> sort of uh, why that is important in terms of, you know, in the same sense that it's important to have positivity on occasion. It's also important to be reactive and actually, you know, take a position that you're like, actually, I guess, like invested in or whatever. Um, but for me, <laughs> yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> the way you um, said that. <laughs> But like, uh, for me, it's, um, it's another form of delusion. It's all delusion all the way down. It's a strategy that for me seems extra delusional, even though I also know my own position is delusional in its own way. But the idea of, um, of reacting in stress and having to like force, I don't know, is it like begging? It seems like, like, I don't know. Forcing responses. Yeah. There's like a level of desperation, which I, um, I don't resonate with mm-hmm. yes yeah, so, something i wanted to ask about for, for my competencies is um so one of the reasons i think that as a reactive type i go for reaction is because uh i just i feel like that there is little to no sense of objectivity anywhere mm-hmm. um and like i like almost like objectivity is just feels like a uh secondary or tertiary interpretation of the real event and and one of the things i sometimes and i think most people who are in relationship with competency type struggle with is how confident a competency type can feel about what can sometimes 
maybe be accurate or maybe be totally delusional and made up and fragmentary. And so like, have you all experienced where your interpretation, your uh, seeking objectivity has actually led you astray? I think, so this is coming very much from a Bermuda stance and I'm very aware of that. So that's why I hesitate to answer. I think I can ignore what I want um, and kind of be pied pipered if I find someone who I think is objective, who may not actually be that smart. Do you know what I mean? What about like um, as a three and Bermuda and competency, what about um, like extreme positivity or negativity as an engine that could pull you in one direction or the other. I because hate it's clear. extreme positivity. Okay. And what about extreme negativity? Could um, that pull you in that direction and well, into clarity about yourself and where you stand? Extreme negativity can. Extreme positivity only gets me into trouble. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, so, okay. So let me back that up. I'm saying that after, uh, so that tendency comes from like a, a like a um, paranoia that I had like that I've had as like a whole my entire lifetime <laughs> like if I'm too happy bad things will happen that's like a legit <clears throat> paranoia of mine so um I don't know if that's competency I don't know if that's my mental illness I don't know what the fuck that is uh, but it's real fun in therapy so <laughs> um <laughs> so Extreme positivity, I never, ever do because it only leads to the possibility of me being very disappointed. And why would I open myself up to being very disappointed when I could just assume nothing good is going to happen and then only be surprised? Fair. Right? I think that's very logical. So (laughs) um, that's why I stay away from extreme positivity because I don't want to feel that loss. What about extreme negativity? Extreme negativity, I think, can pull me in some more better directions. Like, doesn't it narrow the focus? mm -hmm, Yeah, it narrows the focus onto like me and what I want. Um, It often leads to more like me focusing on like myself and self care and that kind of stuff. So it tends to lead to lead to better situations than extreme positivity does. The irony, right? That also might be, um, you know, me turning things to support my belief. Yeah, you could say that that's maybe uh, a three-wing four is going to be a little bit neutral negative, more so than three-wing two. It's mm-hmm. probably more neutral positive. Mm-hmm. True. Ooh, as a strategy. Say, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that, but what the fuck do I know? <laughs> Apparently a lot. No. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, that's, that's interesting um, that there's like a, a, a tilt on that because like in my experience for, you know, any form of extreme positivity or any form of extreme negativity, it's irrelevant. It's the, for me, it's any, it, the emotive content of either, like the, uh, let me rephrase that, the emotive intensity of either is such a phenomenal turnoff to me. That like I can physically sense myself hardening if someone is trying to like sell me something. 
it could be they're telling me, you know, oh, this is the worst thing ever, or or like, oh, this is this will, you know, this is so illuminating. It's the best thing ever. I don't, you know, those are shitty examples, but I like feel myself calcifying in that, and to be like, like the 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 audacity of another person to try and like tell me how to feel about something is so, ugh, it's so all encompassing that like I just can't. I just I don't yeah. even have words to describe mm-hmm. it. Yeah, your now, trifix is important because uh, in the conversation as well, because you've got two competency types. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, fair. I kind of wonder if like that might be a little bit six-ish because I also experience that kind of like, I don't mind extreme negativity in myself, but when other people go into that extreme negativity or extreme positivity, I immediately don't trust them. Yeah. Well. Maybe they could say for the sexishness, but I, I suppose I wanted to make the distinction that for me, it's not, it has nothing to do with trust. Mm. Uh, I don't give a shit. It also <laughs> really doesn't have to do with whether or not they themselves are a negative or positive, you know, extruder, but mm-hmm. it's just the idea of like, of like being invaded by their, or like not invaded, like them trying to sort of make a decision for me. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, that's by, I don't think you've ever met me before but that's not going to happen and so yeah that's what really that's like a huge turnoff for me is like any and I think that's why I have such a um uh, a potential tension with um reactive types but on the flip side of that is is my closest (laughs) my closest relationships you know with the two people who I have a relationship with uh uh are they're both reactive Hmm. so yeah I know I it's whatever um, how do you how does that balance um how does it balance um <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting question i say doesn't. yeah <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> it's I all fake that, like well it isn't fake but it's more like um you know i i get a lot of, yeah it's a tension point in terms of it's sort of like why are you not responding to what i need you to see And I'm like, well, I see it. I just don't have to respond in the way you need me to respond. (laughs) It's like, and that's your problem. That ain't my problem. Yeah. That creates a, a freedom around like what, what you can say around like someone like you, which I appreciate. I also get the flip side of those people though, being like, I need you to respond. (laughs) I have a friend who I feel like has a very similar kind of response method as you. She's like, uh, take it or leave it. Yeah. And, you know, it's not, it's, you know, this isn't going to be happening a hundred percent of the time, but the majority of the time, that's, that's how it sort of goes down. Yeah. That's um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's going to be a little bit more extreme with fives because there's more emotional neutrality there, but Mm -hmm. I'm trying to pinpoint how that shows up for um, three and one as well. I guess um, for three, generally they're more caring about what's going to move things forward what's going to be more productive so if if the emotion that someone's coming with isn't productive it's going to be why does anyone care about that so that's that's more from a assertive type perspective which is we just need to keep going keep going so this is this is a waste of time like uh, courtney's husband said to her (laughs) at some point whereas uh Type ones are a little bit more like, you know, that sort of integrity, rightness in the body. Uh, and I could see them just 
being disgusted by the messiness of uh, reactive types where this is too um, it doesn't really fit fit the structure of the rightness of the way I feel this is supposed to be. Um, I mean, I briefly dated a sexual one and the objective stance definitely can feel colder um, than eight does because mm-hmm. even as much as eights can be separated from their heart, the reactive type thing makes eights feel a lot more real to people. Like it's a um, hotter yeah, energy as opposed to cold. Right. So the one energy can come off very cold because it's, it's well, in comparison to myself or eights, um, cause it's, it's a little bit more about the neutral emotional stance of, you know, what's, what's right. And, uh, so getting a rise out of a one or a three probably isn't going to work. <laughs> so on that topic, what gets a rise out of you, Jesse? Oh, Jesus. What gets a rise out of me? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Completely emotionally locked down. No, <laughs> I did. Um, oh, so I have this place called Friend Jail. And you think... <laughs> I love that it has um, a name. <laughs> of course, it has a name. Well, it really should be like Friend Gulag because they're never fucking coming back. But mm. it's... um Yeah, there's... You know, I'm judge, jury, and executioner in there. And um, sure. it's... uh. How to how to explain it? So, um, what get, what gets a rise out of me? My vanity is like barely allowing me to communicate about it, but I'm gonna like push through the <laughs> the dread because what's better than public humiliation, right? <laughs> but um, yeah. So, what gets a rise out of me is um, if one has agreed to do something with me, and we show up to do the thing, and then this person doesn't isn't actually present. Now, what I would like to clarify on that is that presence in the sense isn't in any kind of like, you know, ultimate being, but like is my subjective concept of what I think attention is because it takes so much effort for me to go out of my way to make time for someone that like, if I don't feel like it's mirrored back at me and that they're like with me, all it does is like activates this echo chamber of like there is no ness, like there is no me. This is all illusionary. Um, <laughs> like this person has an idea of me which has nothing to do with my existence. Uh, and of course, that's like it's definitely like fucking not real, but it it can feel real. So when I think a person is like not really making an effort to see something which I am also not showing them which is you know that's a that's a fucking Pandora's box of um uh nightmare but um in, in the sense that like I've that's my fault like I, I made that happen so that can that can piss me off if I just feel like ugh, it's like I've wasted my time making an effort and it's just for nothing but um yeah uh, yeah and, and yeah so that's something I guess I can get a rise. oh well let, let me rephrase it though they'll never fucking know because they go to friend gulag so like all they hear is like the sweet scream of silence like they don't they don't get so basically what you just heard you want them to hear now (laughs) oh my god (laughs) well i've never thought of it that way nancy and you're welcome (laughs) holy shit yeah okay fine so i'm i'm 
I'm my own out. personal Stalin. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, okay. So I push that on other people. Uh, and then it's just other, it's just stupid shit. It's just stupid fucking shit that people do. I just, it's just gross to me. And it's just, um, but does it get a rise out of me? I don't know. I can't really remember. Uh, oh. Too busy being efficient. Oh. <laughs> Well, no, too busy improving efficiency. There you go. Setting new um, standards. Actually, I uh, I wanted to I wanted to circle back. Um, I wanted to go back to talk about uh what I forced Nancy to talk about um on like when your you know the structures of being competent or whatever like lead you astray. Um, and I, I, I wanted to clarify that like in my experience, I have found that one of the one of the negative aspects of that can do you know efficiency train uh is that you can get locked into it um or i can get locked into it and when i get locked into it i will literally run my body into the ground like mm -hmm. because it's not something i'm considering because i know conceptually that i am capable of this mm -hmm. and and i know that i can't be stopped but what I know has very little to do with reality. Have you ever because, been stopped when you're on that train? Uh, oh, a number of times, including, um, actually, I was on a literal train in Berlin when it happened, which is <laughs> funny. Um, I, I was, um, at this point in time, I was, I was going through a number of uh, incredible stressors in my life, um, including, like, Actually, I'm not going to explain them because it doesn't really matter. But um, I was, I was, I was very large and I was very in charge. Um, mm -hmm. but it was, it was above my material capacity and my emotional capacity, but intellectual capacity, I could have kept going forever. However, sure. the way it stopped me is I had like an intense psychosomatic experience of, I was on a train in Germany, uh, <laughs> at um, at a sort of uh, a festival that I was yeah that I was at um not like a like an arts thing um and I stood up and the entire cartilage of my right knee twisted and broke like, yeah um and it was uh the sensation was like having like if you've uh sorry to all the vegans uh, if you grab a chicken wing and twist it off. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, I, and, and actually, I'm, I'm, I'm just so you know, I'm stopping myself from discussing it with the visceral um, additions because uh, I could, I don't want to. Um, keep going. You can keep going. No, no. Oh, yeah, you can go if it you was, want. It was I mean. fascinating. It was fascinating. Torture. I could feel inside my own body, um, like a complete um, rising, immediate what? numbness and loss of consciousness that spread everywhere all at once. <laughs> And I like, I had like this sort of like white hot heat of understanding that like my <laughs> conscious mind had snapped from my physical body and I was moving and my meniscus was completely shredded, completely shredded. I could not, it was, it was trapped at like 45 degrees. All I did was stand up on a train. <laughs> there was no, there was nothing else involved. Um, and um, I, I was thankfully with a friend, although I don't speak German. So that was a nightmare, but I was with a friend. <laughs> And she sort of had to hold my hand as I like hop. Apparently, I can like barely remember this. I hopped to like try and sit down. And she was like, hey, bud, what just happened? And I was like, no, no, everything is perfectly fine. 
And she was like, you're going unconscious. And I was like, no, I was like in complete denial. I was like, well, no, we'll get off at the next stop. I was like trying while going in and out <laughs> of consciousness to explain wow. what was going on. But, um, but yeah. And so that physical um, experience uh, of literally standing up and my, my leg going out, um, that was like the, the physical manifestation of everything I was not addressing both in my body and in my emotional landscape. So <laughs> I'm competent until I'm not competent. It, yeah, is your knee still fucked up? Oh, yes. And the, the greatest part is that um, that year, I, it was at the beginning of the year, I was like, you know what I'm going to do this year? I'm really going to learn how to dance. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, ooh, because I love dancing. Uh, but yeah, no, my uh, sort of fucked up. I've got like 40%. Um, what's that word? Um, cartilage. Cartilage, yeah. And so, like, I can't do the things that I I want. To do, but um, but I I walk. I don't have a limp. I'm I'm acceptable. I can dance to some extent. But it took about like eighteen months of recovery. Ah, that's fun. Yeah, but it was you know that's not including all of the intense other stuff that came with it. Yeah. But like, but w- the point that I'm trying to say is that like at that point in my life, I was so fixated on the ability to do things that I was unable to acknowledge the incompetence, well, the, the limitations that I was, that I was faced with. You were unbending. And so mm. you were forced to be bent. <laughs> yeah. million percent. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in a type like five that is introverted generally, uh, you know, what, what's, what's emerging through the, these comedy types for me is just the emphasis on, on doing in a certain way or, um, progress uh, of one kind or another and so um uh, like how's that come together in five like is, is there a, is there an emphasis on progress or functioning or how does that like how's that work square oh that's that's interesting um so my concept of progress is not based on any type of external flags um mm-hmm. i know where i assume that i want to be if I'm developing something, um, and then I get there and it's somewhere else. And when it comes to functioning, I don't consider myself to be a particularly functional person out in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm good at establishing um, a meat suit that allows me to navigate it in a way where it seems, you know, if you look long enough, you'll see the zipper. But <laughs> most people don't look long enough. So. Um, like as a five like what do you feel like you're attempting like what is what is the like it seems like there's kind of a goal orientation of one sort or another like how do you experience that oh that's weird because it's goal um that's like almost something that's not really communicable the goal is like an idea (laughs) um Mm. it's like i guess the feeling of it is like oh i wonder what and then I wonder until I don't have to wonder about it. Mm, and then I mm-hmm. keep the wonder and then I move on to the next thing. Oh, rather, the best thing about wondering is that it's just, it just generates more wondering. So, mm-hmm. so it's, yeah, if you can get the momentum going of like, ah, where does that go? Where does that go? What's coming up from this? Um, that's very addictive. Um, mm-hmm. But I wouldn't really say that there's like a goal or a purpose outside of the experience of it itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the wondering say, like a generative, yeah, directional exactly. sort of, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but that could just be what I'm consciously able to process from it. 
there could be an unconscious goal, which I'm not, uh, you know, uh, sure. tapping into. No, but I relate to that. Um, uh, the wondering pulling me, but I, I, mm. you know, I have a five wing and a five fix, but mm. the, the directionality that I, that I was sort of feeling was, is not really my thing, not really my home turf. So it's kind of interesting to, uh, parse out. Explain what you mean when you said directionality. Well, like, like I said, it's like, you know, the wondering in a sense is, is providing a direction or a movement. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and completely. whereas I kind of the the image that I get from reactive is almost like a like almost like a God, what are those? What is that thing when you see in the in the ocean effervescence where there's like a little bit light in the ocean, in like ocean creatures? Yeah, yeah it's like an effervescence in the dark. It's like a location, you know, mm. so it's it's there's less of a it's more like to me, it feels like seeing how things are, whereas I what I'm hearing from competency sounds a little bit like seeing how things are, you know, from objective point of view so that something can be accomplished or realized or pursued. I'm wondering if it connects into your, pardon me, uh, John with discovery, right? Is if you're wondering and you're wondering, and then there's an end point uh, that's a possible, at least a discovery. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, good. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. uh, I would agree because really, the wandering, uh, the wandering, <laughs> the wandering, wandering, wandering. Uh, it it reaches like this point where you will you will find something which you did not know you had buried there. Yes. Um, and <clears throat> um, getting that point is like the finest ecstasy I could ever describe. To have that kind of that sudden, um, I'm like visualizing in my head like actual sand moving away, um, but to discover to discover something which maybe you have passed over a same place like a thousand times, but for whatever Ooh. reason, your presence there um, like stimulates the environment. So something emerges that was hidden from you, but perhaps it wasn't hidden from you because, you know, do you have, do you have this sort of, I don't know, potential magnetic relationship with this concept? Are you drawn to it or are you drawing it to you? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really that's really interesting to hear i uh i just suddenly started as you were saying that thinking of that in terms of uh um attraction and chemistry and over the years like my own like looking at attraction from a five uh fixed point of view of there's a sense of trying to discover what real attraction is or real chemistry is and trying to find this little kernel of maybe every year I'm sort of peeling back the layers on what that means. And I'm always at the same time wanting to discover something about the attraction or chemistry that you couldn't have put together, mm-hmm. even as you're trying to put it together mm-hmm. or trying to discover it. And um, where it, for me as an A, as a reactive type, it doesn't seem real unless it was something that I couldn't have imagined could have happened. Yes. But I, uh, I have to add in, in terms of like abstracting the goal, like a lot of the time when I've had these uh, minor epiphanies over whatever it is that I'm focused on at the time, um, there is no way that I could have imagined where I've come. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that in itself is like the, is the, is the sweet spot is to, is to get to a place where all of that sort of that effort or drive or uh, 
you know, like the exhaustion which comes with with pushing yourself forward, um, where it sort of it it evaporates around you and it no longer it no longer <laughs> seemingly exists because you found yourself in this in this um this state of of figuring something out or seeing something in a way that you could have never imagined prior to that exact instance. So yeah, it's mystical. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting um the kind of like the getting somewhere thing just in contrast to like I'm it's you know it's making me explore my own shit but mm. the fourth thing is sort of like there, there is a timeless uh identity or a timeless yeah like real self that is somewhere that I'm just trying to deepen a connection with rather than sort of unlocking or extracting the discovery the insight the new thing it's sort yeah. of interesting yeah, I think it's funny also because I'm I'm trying to explain it in like uh, terms of like a location, but it's so there is no location. It's mm-hmm. it's the thing. It's all it's always there, but it isn't because it's not there until the observer is there. Anyway, right. Um, right. Yeah. It's more abstract space with five theoretical uh, space or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like right. I uh I don't I don't know how to apply any of this into concrete reality except, right. you know, by forcing minions to do some kind of symbolic thing which might represent an aspect of whatever it is that I've experienced internally, but really it's just a facsimile. It can never be what I've what I've actually figured out. It can only <laughs> be a model of it. John, I was going to ask if uh do you have anything to say about like the type 1 version of this you know i know mary cloud's your close friend yeah i think it's uh finding deciphering and and creating structure to reach an aim to reach an ideal you know so uh it's not like an accomplishment or an achievement like a three but it's there is some sort of project or mission that 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 the one is usually holding to or on it's you know it's like i mean uh, i was hilarious seeing mary the other week where you know, she's like full blown communist now, <laughs> and <laughs> she's so great. Like, congratulations! Like, yeah, it was funny. Like, this is my good friend Mary, and she's a one. And I remember maybe three years ago, like, sort of having an introductory socialism conversation. And now she's like an organizer in New Orleans and stuff, and it's like fucking awesome. So anyway, yeah, um, yeah, it's like you know, there's a there is a an ideal to strive toward. And I think that that's where, uh, you know, the, that's the, the one angle on competency. Yeah. There's a polar thing to me with one and five where one is doing, you know, one is abstract also on one level, but you know, it's theoretical or um, uh, it's about principle, right. Which is Mm -hmm. like an invisible, right. Um, But it's more about sort of macro universal principle or something or governing humanity or bringing order to humanity whereas five is you know sort of coming into the micro micro right and finding the um you know the atomic truth or something if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah like what's really there what can be there like if we dig and dig and dig what's happening What's yeah. happening below yeah. the surface of what's there? Uh, yeah, I think it's that, interesting because I I don't know very many ones or any. Ones are rare. It. Ones are rare. rare. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I'd have to know people. 
<laughs> not an there. option. Not an yeah, option. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, whatever. Um, but uh, think positive. Oh my God. <laughs> Manifest yeah. it into the oh! universe. <laughs> I will scream at you. I, will I at you. hate when people say that. It drives me insane. Just manifest it. Yes, it's a manifestation. Just breathe into it. Mm. So, is the assumption that the competency types making that, or the over assumption, is that we can always move things forward, that we can always make progress? Is that what's going on? Uh, not for me. I think, Nancy, is that more of a three ish thing for you? Um, yeah, that, that's, okay. that resonates with me. So what would be the over assumption for all three that they're all over assuming about situations? To me, it's, there is a quality about um, the competency types that it is in all three of them. It's like a machine that is just going to keep going in whatever mm -hmm. direction it is. I mean, it may not be about um, worldly outer accomplishment, but it's going to keep sort of ticking away. And it's partly because it's not subject to the ups and downs of positive and negative. Yeah. I don't know if that rings true. I think that's like a fair analysis. Mm -hmm. uh, I also, I, I feel the need to point out that um, this sense of competency or what have you, it isn't all encompassing. Like there are, there are definite areas of my life where I feel mm -hmm. like a fucking crazy person, like yeah. messy bitch, like gross. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm critical of that if you couldn't tell from my tone. <laughs> um, but um, the other thing is uh, it is still a delusion. Uh, the sure. idea of being that machine or, or whatever, or even, you know, oh, if I absorb all of this information, um, you know, uh, it's going to whatever in, enrich me or like there there's some there's you know oh there's some kind of you know delicious you know discover or whatever like that's maybe not but one of the things just as like an example of the delusion I've held in my mind uh it's less strong now that I'm you know a crone but um I've held in my mind especially when I was younger not only like I'm going to go and do whatever the fuck I want, wherever the fuck I want to do it, which was whatever. That's something else when bizarre, but like, I truly believed almost to the point where it wasn't like, even like a verbal manifestation of belief in, inside of me, but it was just like this belief of like, if, if tomorrow for whatever reason I was tasked with having to like run a nuclear power plant just immediately for whatever reason I have to do this, I could do it. Mm -hmm. Like what? Like, mm -hmm. have you met yep. me? Would you put me in charge of a nuclear right. power plant? But I, I genuinely, too, like, like without almost without question, believe like I could, I could fucking do that. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'd find a way. Yes, I hundred percent, hundred percent relate with that. And the flip side of that is that when you are, or when at least for me, when mm -hmm. I am messy in parts of my life and not like accomplishing what I should be or could be accomplishing. I'm very much aware that it's my fault because I can do whatever mm. I want to. I oh. agree with that completely. Mm -hmm. um, especially as uh, I have like this double blow of like, not only is it my fault, but I am acutely, distinctly, unquestionably aware of the absence of anyone else who would be able to support me in that. Yep. And what one angle on all of this is, 
our roast name for 135, Robo Celibate, right? <laughs> so it's like, you're just going to keep going. You're not going to get distracted by non-celibacy, right? Which represents all the mess, which in some sense, the mess could be iterated out as, you know, the highs of positive outlook and the lows of, you know, hate fucking, right? Or something. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Hey, so there it's is, like, this is a you know. no critical zone for hate fucking. Yeah. 100% <laughs> right. down for hate fucking. Hate fucking's the best. <laughs> yeah, That's but I be think. leading for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think that is the over assumption or what, what, whatever you called it, Emika of one, three and. Five. So that must be hard, yeah. to, you know, in terms of blaming yourself for anything that's not working in your life, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. Uh, like the inner, but, the inner voice is is real loud on that. Um, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I don't know about like for me. I have that like image thing going on. Yeah. And you've also got super ego with six. Yeah, it's hard. Um, yeah. Do the right thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. As if there's a right thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, yeah. that's really that's interesting. Fun. I guess for I'm trying to think related to uh you know reactive types in terms of mm -hmm. what do you blame, what do I blame myself for? I guess uh because the eight is an expansive type, mm -hmm. I do think that I wouldn't be coming from that you know power nuclear plant example from a place of competency, like that I could <laughs> figure it out or anything like that. I just I I just think that if you put me in a situation that I maybe I don't know how to do something, but I can make it happen. Just you can push to make it I can I can get I can make someone do it. <laughs> yes. I see I resonate so strongly with that because it's like it's like, well, I'm gonna fucking make it happen. Like, right like somehow like it doesn't mean i'm the smartest person it just means no. that i'm the most determined and stubborn mm -hmm. asshole there is you know? yeah <laughs> yeah he beat me into being a nuclear fuel rod <laughs> i didn't want to you know like yeah. i'd be able to walk into the room and size up everyone and be like okay this is the person who's going to do this this is the person yeah. to do this mm -hmm. and i don't do anything but i know how to make the shit work you know just yeah. a little nerd <laughs> exactly exactly you need a bunch of minions mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> i think it's a perfect setting for an eight yeah this is dictator of the universe <laughs> basically what, what did they do in chernobyl where they were like go look in the reactor core see if it's still working 3.6 rockins comes back with half his face falling up yeah it's oh fine. god that's one of the best things i've seen I, I think i watched that whole thing twice yeah i just watch it. yeah saturating we, and death we were going to talk mm. about doing a whole like a episode or something on on chernobyl been yeah, a while since i need to see it again i'm gonna yeah. tap out on that one you guys it, have fun big five, eight <laughs> do not enjoy large-scale Global death. death and destruction. No, I don't no, because I little? fully I know I fully believe that can happen. And I'm like, yes. it's gonna happen in my lifetime. So why oh, happen a movie happened. about yeah. it? It already has happened. Well, no, you're younger than me, I think, but it's happened in my lifetime. I was born <laughs> in the same year. So is Chernobyl yeah. actually about Chernobyl? It's not about yeah. like what could happen yeah. in the future. It has no, it, it happens. Uh, well then what I might happens. be okay with it. I might be okay with it. No. It's but it's big five eight, that show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh that's more attraction. Hardcore. Hardcore. Speaking of being messy, that's something I wanted to um to touch upon is that like 
occasionally in my competency delusion, I have like the idea of like, ooh, like how messy am I going to get? But not from a negative perspective, but a kind of like, like, ooh, I could, you know what I could do? I could just fucking go off the rails um, in a kind of like, um, uh, like playing with the idea of it. Um, yeah. Does it happen? Yeah, sometimes it happens. It was quite fun. But it's also like, I think part of that is like, how deep into these radioactive waters can I go before coming back up? Mm-hmm. So it's huh. like, how close to this thing, which will potentially destroy me, can I get? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then I get to come back from it. And then what if I don't? And then I get to come back from it. I do you relate to that to an extent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see, for example, like, getting with the type one was a little bit of surprise not a little bit a big big (laughs) surprise for me but i could see part of the one thing of wanting to be involved with something messy because it's like the belief is i can figure out a way to not be affected or by this messy thing that i'm getting involved in you know how much of a mess that i'm pushing away from but also attracted to can i deal with and still be functional Exactly. There's like an endurance aspect to it. It's yeah. Like how much can I take? Mm-hmm. Until I break. Yeah. And then what is then that break going to look like? Oh, <laughs> bad rest. <laughs> I feel like there's a polarity going on with uh, the reactive types and like with positivity where it's, it's like, well, I'm I'm going to give this hopefulness a chance. And, you know, because maybe I'm not going to be burned by the reality that everything sucks and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but it's like there's this dance between you know maybe i'll 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 rely on hope (laughs) this time and (laughs) instead of the usual like doom and gloom in the back of my head i'm like fools (laughs) 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 being negative all the time gets old too you know it's like fuck yeah and it's exhausting (laughs) and boring yeah yeah, I mean, there's the ups and downs of um, positive and negative, and so it's it's what makes it machine-like to mm. do that one three five mm-hmm. triad. And mm. I can, I can. This might be the three, but I can like switch it on and just be like, okay, well, I have to get this done. Like, this is going to sound really weird, but I have um, a lot of like fear around people in my life dying. And so like, I'll oftentimes imagine like what my reactions will be. And every time I'm like, yeah, my first reaction is going to be, well, I got to show up to work the next day and just keep doing until, until I Mm. absolutely break Mm -hmm. because I have to shove it down and I have Mm. the ability to shove everything down if I need to. And I'm just like, goodbye. Mm. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I was going to, I was curious about how, competency shows up in a romantic space because that's that's an inherently messy space <laughs> to be in right yes. but i mean i'll i'll have i have a little bit to say about my own experience with uh, dating threes um but I, i'm curious to hear how has that been a challenge or you know navigating romantic space but with a competency lens <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> what's up oh. jesse <laughs> well how does that go okay so um it might surprise some of you to discover that in relationships i can be a little bit mm, what's the word i'm going to choose to use this dominant 
That's the word I'm going to use. <laughs> just a little bit, just um, a little bit. <laughs> just a smidgen, just a smidgen, um, just a little bit. And I, what I've discovered uh, through that is a lot of people like that idea and then the reality bothers them. But it doesn't bother them in the way that you think it would. And but I mean dominant, it's more like, you know, like, I know what I'm fucking doing. I know what I want. Uh, obviously, it's open for discussion. What we're going to do, you, you have a relationship with someone, it's, you know, it's a dialogue. Um, but I also like direct stuff. I say, you know, like, hey, what is this? Like, you know, I sort of instigate things a lot more traditionally in my relationships than other people. And when I'm, oh, and when I'm with someone who can mask me in that, chef's kiss. Perfect. Love it fucking whatever um but what i've experienced and this is with dating nines um I'm just gonna say they, nines <laughs> it all goes First back off, to nine it all goes back to nine <laughs> anyway um but um but what i've discovered is that they like absolutely adore it at the beginning right it's like mm. oh they always like, do in the beginning they always do at the beginning right and they're just like oh and there's like, it's like puppy dog eyes and sort of like, I guess, a, a sense of comfort, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even, well, I say I don't even know. And that's whatever, that's a, it's a whole other issue. But, um, but when it comes to like, when it comes down to like the, yeah, I suppose the more, when things get tough, my experience has been like, I am so much tougher that, that it becomes, it suddenly becomes this dynamic of like, uh, of like of like like you're you're so demanding and critical it's like well we agreed to do something <laughs> not keeping up your part of the bargain <laughs> and it's like i have you know i i have <laughs> i've done something i don't do with people which is i have exposed what one of my needs are or more than one of the needs <laughs> if that it is and and the fact that you are you're like i don't know not meeting expectations yeah. well it's, it's not meeting expectations but it's sort of like you know it's a bit of a letdown but it mm. you know this is just more like this isn't to do with exclusively sexual relations which is like way different but like to do with like sort of romantic partnerships etc there's like a tendency because i'm like so i'm so clear in what i would like uh and i've had people who have sort of like yeah i want that too because i guess my enthusiasm for it or whatever is like infectious or I assume that they also, if they tell me something, that's what they want. And I'm not Which is not the case with nines. Yeah. 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 And I had to learn that the hard way. And I was like, what the fuck is this? It was just like confusing. So confusing to me. Because it was like, the parameters shifted. Know? Yeah. But it's like, how can a person not know? How can you not know? Well, <laughs> they just don't fucking know. But, um, and of course, you know, what with prolonged isolation, et cetera, I'm a, a born again virgin. So. You know. <laughs> what do i know about relationships nothing but nancy right. how does it come across for you because you're you seem more fluid in a way um yeah i think i am to an extent i definitely would lay out like at the beginning of my current relationship i laid out like here's what i want here's what i'm looking for and like i was always very clear with mm. my partners about like this is what i want this is what i'm looking for i don't want kids don't tell me like <laughs> like uh -huh. i would have that conversation like right off the bat i'm like i like i am bi i am a sex worker i don't want kids like <laughs> like if you're not cool with that fucking leave uh -huh. um so like i definitely like appreciate or i definitely set my parameters at the beginning because i appreciate when people do that for me um, so therefore I do it for other people and then get frustrated when people don't do that for me. 
Yes. <laughs> um, I think there's an there's more of an expectation, like where it shows up for me in relationships is there's an expectation of uh, someone else approaching their life in a competency format. Mm-hmm. And yeah. people don't do that unless yeah. you're a competency type, right? And I can get really frustrated with the um, uh, like lack of brevity <laughs> with mm-hmm. like how long people take to make decisions and how like, for instance, a big sticking point with my nine, who is now my fiance. So we made it through this, but it was definitely one of the hardest times was when like he was taking a while to leave his job. And I just didn't understand. I'm like, then just leave. You hate it. They treat you shitty. Just leave. And he's like, no, because <laughs> that's not the way he functions. But for me, as of a competency type, when things stop working, you you cut them off. Uh-huh. There's no more, there's no reason to put any more time into it. When things stop working, you are done. And so when people don't function that way, I can get really frustrated really quickly because I'm like, well, I don't care if you're going to complain to me, you're not doing anything to fix it. So fuck off. I found it really interesting, even from the perspective of sexual types. Uh, I had a thing with a sexual three. uh, And one of the really interesting things that came up very early on was that she wanted to know what my five-year plan was. What? And, I, and I've That's, never, yeah, <laughs> I've never had anyone say that to me, but I also admired it because it was, you know, this is kind of like three energy and you should think about your long-term goals and where you're headed. But she was already thinking about us together, mm-hmm. you know, and our lives together. And she was concerned that we weren't aligned in the same direction. So it wasn't unfounded that she was bringing that up because she wanted to figure out like, are we going to work out or not? And she was already talking about like, she wants someone who is on a similar financial level because she's making pretty good money. She wants to stay home and have kids. So there's this like this real, um, like I interpret it as maybe you're experiencing, we're experiencing some very strong chemistry and you're trying to shut it down with this bullshit that I don't give a fuck about. Where on the other side, it's like, this is important adult stuff that should be discussed if you're talking about the practical aspect of putting a relationship together and building a life together you should talk about that stuff so I was torn on on one hand is like this is sensible but on the other hand it's like this is totally unreasonable from my perspective <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah that I am just confused at that because for, for one reason the first one it's like why would anyone ask about my business that's the first thing I would come up but like the second is like it's not your fucking business it's like it's my five-year plan but I don't have one so the idea of having a plan or thinking that far ahead but it is that my type? Is it the fact that I think the world is going to end? Is it because I don't give a <laughs> shit? Is it because so far winging it has worked out for me? I don't know. But my he, my thought was, if you have a five year plan, you're living a very boring life. Well, yes. the five year plan. So I also did that to my current <laughs> partner, <laughs> um, and I was I um, I was very worried at the beginning because he didn't want to move to Europe with like he was like, no, I don't want to leave America now we have a full-blown plan to move to Europe and he is all in and all excited about it. So that's shown me that things can change, but it's not so much that they need to have a five-year plan that exactly matches up. It's that I need to know that their five-year plan isn't complete polar opposite to mine. Yes. It's not. I need to make sure that you aren't like, I want my, my woman to birth a child and stay home. Like, you know, I need to like make right. sure that they are meshable. Yeah. And so on that level, I respected it because it was kind of like saying, 
if we're going to get, you know, I, I respected the fact that she was even thinking about that because right. that meant that she was thinking about me in a serious way. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, let's have a conversation at the, about the possible parameters of us as a couple. Mm-hmm. And I'd never had anyone, you know, bring that up so early, but I was more thinking of, well, we got to figure out if we even really gel or like each other first before we start Mm-mm. thinking about a five-year plan because this is Mm-mm. like still in the first couple of dates, but it was like, for don't three, waste my time. Don't for waste three, my it's time. like, we got to figure this shit out now before we even get to the messy fucking parts wow. of, you know, getting too enmeshed. Uh, we need to figure it out if this could even work. Yeah. Um, then I'm going to get emotionally involved and then I'm going to find out that you want me to have your baby and fuck mm-hmm. that when we could have had yeah, this conversation that. three weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. So okay, I felt so- that it was like a in a way, an emotional wall in a sense to say that I'm starting to have feelings for you. And before I let this go any further, we need to figure out if this is working with us. Like, I'm not going to go crazy for a person whose life path is not in line with my, where mine is currently going. So let's have this competency conversation uh, as a way to sort of shut down the chemistry. That's the way it felt to me anyway. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that I mean, like when you describe it like that, logically, it makes sense to me that certain people would want to approach it in that way. But I guess for me, because I'm not sort of focused on those sort of long term stuff, like that doesn't whatever the questions that I would have and have had with people who I'm interested in are like much more to do with more, I suppose, like abstracted the word isn't values, but it's like interests and like, can they mm-hmm. sustain interest? Like, do we resonate on like, <laughs> well, two things like, do we resonate? on like being interested in the same things like in each other's bodies and each other's um um uh, desires or needs in like the kind of ways we approach things for me a big one is like I will probably you know like I'm not gonna fucking talk to you every day sometimes I will but most of the time no um so like those kind of I guess it's I hate the word lifestyle compatibility or something like that that's not that's in that's imperfect but um some kind of parameters I guess they're parameters, but also, yeah, I suppose they are parameters. I just don't see it as like that formal. Although if someone said that to me, I think I'd be so fucking impressed. I'd be like, ooh, ooh, <laughs> this is really interesting. Like, <laughs> what's this about? Like, like, like how, how did they reach that point where they were thinking about this? And like, what are their, I would become more attracted to like what their, what their ideas are because it demonstrates this kind of like imaginative quality um which is attractive to me so i wouldn't necessarily instigate that but i'd be like mm. and uh yeah and yeah cuz i <laughs> the thing yeah the thing that i've noticed in relationships is like i for as like uh you know like commanding as i can be i don't really like it like i'm not i don't really want to be like this way it just happens and i would kind of and a lot of uh, most of it, I would kind of prefer another person who can meet me or even expand beyond that. Mm-hmm. So someone who's like very forthright, they don't have to be a competency type. It's not like, oh, I don't know, you know, that, but it's someone who's like, not like, I suppose, um, uh, secretly resentful <laughs> or shitty about like, you know, having to make decisions or like be mm-hmm. direct. Mm. You've just blocked all the nines. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was it's just sexy, thinking that my people. <laughs> I was just thinking that my nine is actually really good at that. That's great. <laughs> it, yeah, I know. Just got, 
So fuck you, David. Hmm? <laughs> no, I mean, got, I am think... too with romantic relationships. It is yeah, different. Yeah. yeah. It's just getting me thinking as in terms of like, uh, like the decision making for competency types as to the parameters of if this is going to work or not. And I'm just thinking of how that, what is, what are reactive types doing, you know, in terms of their mm. romantic decision-making. And I'm just thinking about myself uh, because if I'm not thinking necessarily from, uh, is this going to work? It's more like if I want it to work, I'll, I'll figure out a way to make it work or we'll get through it. However that may be. Uh, but what am I thinking about? in terms of determining if uh, an attraction is working or not. I think it's more of, um, I mean, it's always going to come back to realness. Like how real is this attraction? Um, How real is this dynamic? Is the dynamic sort of generating realness for me? And um, I'm tracking how um, real it is for the person, not just how real it is for me, but is this actually rattling some cages for this person? Um, so there's a level of like tracking how much I'm being affected and they're being affected because maybe as a reactive type, that's, that's what I'm, you know, how am I, how much am I being provoked and how are they being provoked by what's going on? And if it's really strong, then this is really a real attraction and then everything else can be figured out. (laughs) What about you, John? Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's similar to me. Part of it, I think, being a, a, you know, my type, social blind and four or five and with two rejection types, like, I have a very hard time, uh, like, receiving that somebody is really into me. Yes. And knowing that they care about me and things like that. And so I think what, where, what you might be calling realness, like, there is a, there's a certain way that I, I need my heart to be affected. Mm-hmm. And I need to see it affects their heart, yeah. uh, that I'm affecting their heart. And um, I mean, yeah, on top of that is like, you know, lots of chemistry and desire and like sexuality and things like that. But like, is the sexuality with a sense of like, yeah, like we're transforming it through our, you know, like infusing through one another. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where it hits me. Yeah, it doesn't seem real to me unless I I feel like I mean I can see if someone's being affected, but they're allowing that um, you know they're being provoked by me and the chemistry, but they're allowing themselves to be affected and um, you know which is going to it's like a wound and a wound is eventually gets healed and you get new skin and this chemistry is creating new skin. That's what it feels like, and it's alive and. Um, so when I hear about like, you know, like dealing with the competency type who's, who's talking about five-year plans, it's like, that's sensible. And I totally agree. That's important, but it just takes away from this thing, this feverish, whatever thing that's like, we're just, uh, bubbling with potential transformative energy because we're provoking each other in some kind of way. So it's just a very different approach. When I hear that, my brain goes immediately to, well, that's not very useful. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, I have a different approach. I, I think that I think that it is very useful in the sense that like, you know, like being able to see how you really can potentially make an impact. And by that, I don't, the, the word impact, I, I'm thinking more like pressing into something and it's left there. Like it's that 
<laughs> instead of a wound, it's a, you know, it's a impression. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't think of the exact word in English, so I, I won't, I won't say it aloud. But yeah, it's a, it's a sort of um, chasm that you could both fall mm-hmm. into. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I get, I, I can get wrapped up in the uh, potential of a thing, uh, and if I don't somehow tether it to like actually checking in with the other person who I'm involved with it can just become a little bit too imaginary um, and I make assumptions on it. But I think um, something that is probably important to add in terms of the absence of a five-year plan, et cetera, or whatever that other people seem to engage with, which to me seems insane. Uh, part of the reason it probably seems batshit to me is that while I know technically when I'm with a person, I'm going to be like a hundred percent there and with them. And like, it's super, super important for me to be able to like uh, like put all of my all of my attention and get that mirrored back and then in that kind of like infinite mirror moment discover something else like it's like that's so fucking cool to me but I'm also always I've always have like an unspoken exit strategy I know I can leave at any moment and it's almost frightening because the completeness in which those cords that we've strung up between like the you know the posts of the parameters of the thing that we've created together those i can destroy in a second it can just completely be gone and it's so distinct um and whole that like i i you know i'm (laughs) i am somewhere else or rather they are no longer in my in my area of uh influence um that like, you know, it leaves a mark on me, but it's not something that, it doesn't matter. So like, it doesn't matter that it hurts because the, the I suppose the, uh, the actual outcome of that in knowing that like, if, if I have been touched in a way which has activated this evaporation, the, the pain of the absence is going to be so much more bearable than sustaining whatever kind of horrifying (laughs) uh, connection that we could have had. So I think that's why I don't have a five-year plan. So it's a certain kind of efficiency nonetheless, what you've described. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, cool. This is really cool. All right, well. Thanks uh, for having me, guys. Thanks for coming on, Jazzy. Yeah, Yeah. thanks. Good time to have you. Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, have fun using on grief in the background, everybody. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're on it. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.